0: Whether you're in the middle of some overthinking angst right now, or you simply love feeling in charge of your choices, you're in the right place. Clear, confident decisions are right around the corner. Let's get into it. Well, happy Thursday, friend. I want to talk about mistakes, specifically professional mistakes, because I have a personal story to share with you. As you may or very well may not have noticed, there was no podcast a couple weeks ago. If you're not listening real time, we are currently at the beginning, middle of January 2023, and I skipped a week of my podcast. It was not planned, and it was not a premeditated decision, and I want to talk about it. I kind of scripted this episode out, uh, but a lot of this is going to be off the cuff. So hopefully my editor doesn't get too mad at me. But this is a legitimate question that comes up all the time in our coaching. And I was like, why not take advantage of this real life example to not talk about it in hyperbolics and stories, but really like how I, as a decision coach who teaches this stuff, moved through this experience. Because my clients are just like me. We're overthinking overachievers. And I'm sure I'm describing you to a T right now. So this is a question that we really genuinely ask a lot of the time. How do you be responsible and self-compassionate? If you actually make a mistake. If you really do fall behind. If you mess up. Because we don't want to give up our high standards. We don't want to stop doing a good job. Because we like doing a good job. Beautiful things happen in the world when we do a good job. And we want to keep growing and keep succeeding and keep thriving. And we don't do that if we start doing a bad job consistently. So something that we are concerned about often is doing our best, not falling behind, doing enough, screwing up your future, letting other people down, having people think you're a failure. These are concerns that are regularly in our repertoire, right? Raise a hand or raise an eyebrow if you're driving, if I'm speaking your language. But I have lived the life, as I'm sure you have, where you just make your best, like doing your best, the bottom line. I worked in theater for over a decade. Like, the show always went up. There was no option that we didn't open on time. You just frickin' do what you have to do to get the show open. Who cares if you sleep? Who cares... If you drink water, you just do what you gotta do. Little did I know, P.S., that there were shows not opening on time in the world. That actually happened all the way from small to large scale, very official productions. Like, I didn't know that was even an option. I was like blind to it. I was like, head down. Nope, these are the rules, these are the standards. And I work with people in so many different industries, but this mentality, can be learned. It can be absorbed into your bones. And it can become just a background truth in your mind that you don't question. Like you, you have to do your best. You just have to do all the things. You have to do the best job you can, which is a tricky line to walk when you start adding more and more things onto your list. When you're living a very simple life, <laughs> if that's a thing, maybe it's easier to do everything. Because you're giving yourself one thing to do. I don't think that's really anyone here's situation. But speaking from my example that I'm giving, right? We were around in the corner into five years into here's some Parker coaching, y'all. Ooh, I got to get my confetti out. I should pop a bottle of champagne. Hold on. One, one thing at a time, Parker. I've been doing this for long enough that the business is not as simple as it was before. Doing everything is different. In this present context, because the things that can occupy the list of everything are larger, longer. I have private clients. I have my group program. I have a podcast. I have a newsletter. I have social media. I have other things that I can't even think about. (laughs) Like off the top of my head, there's more things. This is the same thing that happens in life, in real life. You become partnered, or you get into multiple relationships. You have friendships. You have family connections. You have community obligations. You have kids. You have dogs. You have spiritual awakenings. Doing everything, air quotes, becomes a bigger and bigger and bigger job. Doing your best all the time becomes a little impossible, and I think that there's a misunderstanding, at least I certainly used to have a misunderstanding, that you should be able to figure it out. There's a right way to do stuff. And if I could just freaking figure it out, I wouldn't have so many problems. Things wouldn't feel so hard. My podcast would go out effortlessly on time with zero friction forever. All of my social media would be like taking care of itself somehow perfectly. My job would never be hard. My marriage would never be hard. My house would always be clean. Like, if I could just freaking figure it out. And I know, because I've heard these exact words from clients, that I am not alone in this misunderstanding. And personally, I've had to work really hard to change my own mind about this. To really change the goalpost that I think exists and am aiming for. Because all these concerns... That we talked about. I'm not doing, I won't do my best. I'll fall behind. I won't do enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm screwing up my future. I'm letting people down. They're so valid and they're really well intentioned at their deep downest core, but they're not the main goal. If you and I have a conversation about what really matters to you, what truly do you choose to make important? What do you want to care about? It's not not falling behind. It's certainly not mine. But if we don't get clear on this stuff that really matters to us, then those concerns will take over. They will take center stage. They will become the default priorities. And you'll start making decisions crafted around those priorities. You will start assuming, well, people can't think I'm a failure. That's unacceptable. I can't make a mistake. I can't miss a deadline. That's like not a thing. We have to open the show. And my job is to help you feel super duper in charge of those rules you're following, of those rules that you're setting for yourself. Because so when it comes down to it, there are very few things that we want to make non-negotiable. The show opening on time, not really one of them. Would I die for a show opening on time today? <laughs> no, no, I would not. And that's something that you want to know. That's why we spend so much time in coaching and so much time on this podcast talking about your vision and your goals and your values and really getting you in clear communication with yourself so that you get to feel like you're in charge of what matters. So your mentors or your industry or your coworkers or your family or Instagram doesn't get to tell you what's most important in your life. So back to our original question. I told you I'm a little unscripted today. How do you do your best? How do you strive to do your best and still make mistakes? How do you deal with it? How do you make a mistake and move on? Well, it turns out there are four steps. I'm going to lay them out neatly for you. But here's where I am today. Here's today's truth for me. The older I get, the further I get into my business, the further I get into my marriage, I'm coming to stand by this perspective more and more strongly. And I want to get your take on it. (laughs) Try it on, see what you think. I must make space for humaning. I must make space in my life and my self expectations and my relationship with myself for humaning, which is my phrase that makes sense to me for people being imperfect and unable to control themselves and the rest of the world with total accuracy. (laughs) Dang it. There may be people out there with some secret. It's like some key to doing it all and never screwing up and never having an off day. And like when I am three steps away from being there myself, I will happily look them up and I will pay for their wisdom. But that's not where I am today. It's not where I'm trying to get today. I need to be a person who can make mistakes, who cannot do my best. (gasps) And holy moly, if me five years ago heard me saying that, like she would throw a plate out a window and she was a thrower. So I believe she would. She would like that would be unacceptable. My rules that were so deeply ingrained for myself that worked very effectively for me to achieve a lot in my life, P.S., were that I have to shoot higher than perfection because then at least you land somewhere like higher than okay at the end of the day. But I really do find a lot of comfort, a lot of relief, and a lot of freedom in this idea that I get to make space for humaning. And I know five years ago, me and maybe you right now have a little bit of cringing going on that like, ugh, so you're like giving up? (laughs) So you're like shooting for D minus? So you're not trying to do a good job? And like, that's not what I'm saying. I am my harshest critic. I always will be. I will never stop trying to do the best job possible. But I will also never stop being in charge of what the best job possible means. Okie dokie. Because the best job possible for me a couple weeks ago when we missed the podcast was like, that was my best. That was the best job I could do. I did the best job at moving into our new apartment, handling personal family stuff, being a wife, being a dog mom like doing the rest of my job. I did a good job. I did the best job I could at all of those things that week. And I had the option to like pull an all-nighter, bust out some quickie episode that I didn't really give a lot of thought to. But I made the conscious decision that, you know what? The best decision for me right now, skip this week. Just skip it. Don't put something out that's like, you haven't thought about, that you're like gonna be distracted during that you don't have the bandwidth for, just keep doing the jobs you're doing. Just keep supporting your clients. Just keep finishing your move because we were literally living in piles. (laughs) Like I just decided I put myself in charge instead of putting my assumptions and my concerns in charge and letting them tell me this is non-negotiable. You have to do this. Okay, so let me walk you through these four steps that I talked about because I can keep going with my example, but it's going to make more sense in the context of these steps, okay? So we're answering this question. How do you do a good job and also mess it up? a good job can be whatever. Like your actual job, your relationship, your dog ownerness, whatever. For me, my example right now is I missed a deadline in my job. We can do a whole other episode on making a mistake like in your marriage or in a friendship. Like, ooh, wouldn't that be fun? Um r- write me if you want to hear that episode. So how do you do a good job and still mess up? How do you make space for humaning? How do you make a mistake and process it responsibly and self-compassionately? So step one is make this the plan. Decide right now if it is okay with you that you are an imperfect human. And if you are on board with this decision, say it out loud. Uh, if you're not driving, that's okay. I talk to my gro- myself in the grocery store like literally every time I go shopping. It's fine. You'll survive. Say this out loud. It's okay that I'm an imperfect human. It's okay that I always will be. You need to hear this from yourself in order to believe it because it might not have been. And that's okay. You've come from where you've come from. These are changeable habits. Step two is decide what it means and what it doesn't. My brain wanted to make it mean all kinds of things if I did not do this podcast. Holy moly. It wanted to mean that I would never get hired again. My business was on fire. I was a failure. I would never get my shit together. And I will never, ever, ever figure it out. My lifelong struggle. And your brain will decide that your mistake means something equally catastrophic if you do not tell your brain, no, this is what it means, sweetheart. Now, you you may make a mistake and you may be tempted to make it mean catastrophe, fire, failure forever. And like, honestly, that's okay. That is part of the humaning. You might really be tempted to just send yourself down a shame spiral. But if you decide, if you just make a little space for this decision, what does it mean? What does it not mean? Then you'll have that foundation supporting you underneath the thoughts that want you to freak out forever. And it will help you not fall into the shame spiral forever. So the best way to do step two is just to notice what does my brain want this to mean? And it's really, really, really helpful to be in the habit of questioning that. You're never gonna get hired again. Mm, is that true? Or is it probably like 0000.0000% 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, true? Probably. Step three is decide the lessons you're going to take from it. Part of why we hold on to mistakes and regrets and replay them over and over, like every hour, every week, every decade is that we're afraid we are not going to learn from them. Well, let me tell you, proactively deciding this is what I'm learning from this experience, like really spelling it out, is a hell of a lot more effective for that lesson to sink in and stick than routinely making yourself feel guilty and ashamed or like a worthless failure. That is not helping you make an experience meaningful. You don't have to do it anymore. You get to be responsible, but also a little objective, okay? You can be a little neutral. You don't need to judge yourself in order to learn something. Learning doesn't actually require self-judgment. It's actually hindered by it. What? This brings us to step four, which is be self-compassionate. It is a skill. It's a skill. It's not like a lifestyle. It's not, you know, some way you're born and you either are or you're you're not, you're good at it, you're not. It's just a skill. Like wakeboarding. I don't know why that's the thing that came to me. Is that even a skill? I don't know. I've never been wakeboarding. I kind of don't even know what it is, but it's okay. It's just something that's learnable. (laughs) That's, That's my point. And I didn't learn it in school, in my teens, in my 20s, not even in my early 30s. And I doubt you learned it, in childhood also. If you did, like kudos to whoever the freaking frack thought of doing that for you. But self-compassion is non-negotiable for self-trust. Part of what's so exhausting for overthinkers is just how often we jump off of our own teams. We judge ourselves so harshly. And then we want to go after these big goals and believe in ourselves. And we're like, um, wait a minute, is this safe? Or am I going to like be in for another beating if we go down this path? That's exhausting. We have to make self compassion a non negotiable part of the process. So let me recap. I'm really excited to hear if this turns out at all coherently, but I'm letting it be imperfect. This is how you make a mistake. Specifically, we're talking about in your job, and you be responsible, you process it responsibly, and you be self compassionate. This is how you strive to do a good job and also allow yourself to mess up. Make it the plan that you're gonna be an imperfect human forever. Just say it out loud, make it official. Step two, decide what the mistake means and what it doesn't. I've been throwing the word mistake around here like pretty loosey-goosey, but don't forget, you're in charge of defining all your terms. You get to call something a mistake if you want to. You get to call it not a mistake if you want to. You get to change something. What was a mistake in the moment might A week or a year later, be a gift. So remember, you're in charge. But step two is decide what it means and decide what it doesn't mean. Step three is decide the lessons you take from it. Don't just plan on beating yourself up for the rest of time and trust that that'll make sure you get something out of this experience. Just be objective, a little bit neutral, and decide, here's what I'm learning. I learned a ton of really valuable stuff from this podcast not happening. I learned about how I want to structure my calendar, how I can better organize my weeks, how I can move, like make big life changes, and have that not interrupt everything. It's been a long time since I've moved, and I didn't have a things like a podcast (laughs) at the time. So this was a super valuable experience because of what it's gonna mean going forward for the sustainability of my business and like my mental and energetic health. And step four is be self-compassionate. Talk to yourself like you are on your own team. Talk to yourself like we already decided we were gonna be imperfect, so we don't need to act like we were supposed to be perfect for the next you know five to 10 business days. So in sum, here's a script that you can borrow The next time you need to process a mistake, the decision master's way. This is what I'm here to let myself know. Hey, buddy. Uh, you messed up. Yeah, we missed a deadline. It's okay. We know it's not the way we want to run our business forever. We know that's not the standard that we want to maintain. But here's what it means. You prioritized what you needed to prioritize that week. You honored your limits. You learned a whole lot that's going to make your business work better overall from now on. Here's what it doesn't mean. You'll never get hired again. Your business is over. Everything is on fire and you're a failure. I love you. Let's move on. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Hey, want to know the number one thing you need to kickstart your momentum right now? Um, obviously, I know that's why I created the momentum quiz, head to kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz to find out your number one momentum killer and get your personalized action plan to boost your momentum and get back on track. That's kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz. Have fun.